What is up, Daddy Gang? It is your founding father, Alex Cooper, with Call Her Daddy. Rachel Bilson, welcome to Call Her Daddy. Thank you so much for having me. I am a big fan of early 2000s TV shows. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> and not to freak you out, but I am the biggest OC fan. Maybe not ever, but like kind Are of Are you ever. serious? I, I still watch it to this day. You oh know those God. shows you go back and like yes, rewatch a little? Course. The OC always through and through to the core. Love it. That's so awesome. So I'm happy to have you on today. Thank Very you. Fun. Very fun. Thank you. I'm flattered. For my problematic listeners, you know who you are. If you've never watched The O.C., you have to watch it. (laughs) To give them like a little background, it's basically these rich kids living in Orange County, California. Yeah. Drugs, sex, relationships, (laughs) family drama, all Uh the things. And you're doing a rewatch podcast. Yes. Yes. Which is amazing. Oh, thanks. What is it like (laughs) going back to relive the OC phenomenon? Oh my God. So it's so interesting. I was 21 when I did the show and it was my first real big job. Um, Watching it back, honestly, the first few episodes, I had such an emotional reaction. I got like depressed. I was like, oh my God, because it's like 20 years later, basically, right? And I'm like, so much life has happened. What did I do? Like, what did I do? <laughs> like when, and when you say, what did I do? Like, do you mean like in terms of like the show or just like, no, just life, just life. Yeah. You're just like, it's Whoa. just more like you're basically playing back the last 20 years ish of your life. And you're like, it's all just going through your mind as I'm watching this. Cause I'm like looking at this like little like pudgy face, like 21 year old with like a lot of bronzer on and like questionable clothing, which is coming back, which is also very confusing, but like. I'm watching it just going like, oh shit, you know? And my boyfriend at the time was on the show with me. And so it brings up all that about life behind the scenes. This episode is presented by Sparkling Ice. Turn up summer with sparkling ice. They have over 17 anything but subtle flavors, all made with zero sugar and packed with vitamins and antioxidants, iced tea and lemonade, strawberry watermelon, tropical punch, peach nectarine. Yum. Crank up the flavor, sparkling ice, anything but subtle. Okay, real talk for a second, daddy gang. Sex is great. We know that, okay? But sex isn't always perfect. And if you have unprotected sex, you have the power to choose what's right for you in that moment. If not getting pregnant is the goal, Plan B emergency contraception is a great backup plan because, listen, getting wild in the bedroom can be fun, but feeling out of control afterwards, not so fun. With Plan B, you can take control of your body and your future whenever you need a backup plan. It's important to remember to take Plan B as directed within 72 hours after unprotected sex, and keep in mind that the sooner you take it, the better it works. With Plan B, you've got this, and I've got you, Daddy Gang. With a special $10 coupon for your next Plan B, visit planbcoupon.com slash daddy to get $10 off your next purchase. That's planbcoupon.com slash daddy to get $10 off your next purchase. This episode is brought to you by eBay. You know real when you get it, right, Daddy Gang? It'll say eBay authenticity guaranteed, and you'll feel it. 
So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is checked by experts. With eBay authenticity guaranteed, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. So ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Tap the banner to learn more. When you're that young and you're on a show and you're dating someone on the show and you're like the it girl on the show everyone's obsessed with you but then you're saying like I'm looking back and like that was still me as a young woman (laughs) like and I'm watching back so there's like emotions for you and then for sure yeah yeah and then everyone still wants to talk about it all the time to you which how does that feel well you know what I will say I wasn't like Misha Barton was obviously like the it girl and she was 16 years old and I can't even imagine what that would have been like to be 16 with that kind of attention and everything magazine cover like I still had a lot of anonymity in like my own life and my boyfriend and we were very domesticated and kind of like grandparents at the time like we were like old people like newspaper in the morning same breakfast every morning like it was really we so you guys were like the couple on the show <laughs> I you like know what I guess you're <laughs> I guess you're right but Josh Schwartz the creator would always take you know things from your own life and incorporate it into the into the show like Golden Girls huge Golden Girls fan he put it in the show. We sing the theme song. So there was so much. You had to be careful around Schwartz, like what you said or did. Because he's it, like, that's the next week's episode. Absolutely. <laughs> what is like the most common question you're asked about your time working on the OC? I mean, a lot of it was just like, what was it like, you know, getting that much attention that quickly yeah. and working together and how was everyone on set? I know there's been like mixed things out there. Yeah. We had a great time. We had a lot of fun in general, mm-hmm. together, personalities, yep. hanging out. Um, but yeah, a lot of the things are like, how did it feel to have that much success that quickly? Like it is kind of a unfathomable feeling at that age. Like I know what I was doing at 21. It was not that. I was <laughs> drinking in college, being a full degenerate, having <laughs> sex and making bad decisions with my life. Oh yeah. Oh, I did that just earlier. Okay. So. okay. <laughs> but still on a, on like kind of a pedestal of people watching you. And so I'm interested to know like when the OC became popular, how did it affect you, your family, right. your friends? Well, you know, like I said, because I was in a relationship, I was definitely on a different track and going through it together. So having that support really made the difference. Okay. So to anyone that hasn't watched or the OC stands that are just like <laughs> just say the name Summer Roberts your character yes. was hot popular rich she was the <laughs> it girl and then she starts basically getting into a relationship with Seth Cohen mm-hmm. who was played by Adam Brody yes and so you have an on-screen relationship and then you start an off-screen relationship yes when was the moment you knew you had feelings for him oh my god it's so funny I feel like on screen was kind of playing off screen because in the beginning there was a triangle between another character Anna Stern played by Samira Armstrong Mm -hmm. and then and myself and Seth and I felt like it kind of played into real life a little bit like Samira and I were both like wait a minute I'm like I like Adam no I like Adam and like it kind of was happening off screen and you know that that competitive side of you like with a guy and you're like no 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 like hold on (laughs) um it was like I don't know if that heightened it I obviously thought Brody was super cool I knew him before the show a friend of ours had dated him actually I know so we knew him a little bit and he was hilarious right and I'm a sucker for a sense of humor like absolutely I mean that is my weakness (laughs) so was there like a moment on set that immediately you were like I'm gonna go for this I remember standing in the hallway. Okay, I don't remember anything. And the fact that I remember this is kind of insane. I I was standing in the hallway and 
I was dating someone else at the time and Brody like talked to me about the relationship and gave me advice on why I shouldn't be in it. And it was like this moment of like, oh, I I want to be with you, you know? Oh and it was God. like this this pivotal moment and there was like a Halloween party. I think it was a Halloween party. And he kissed me for the first time and that was it. Like it was like, okay. And it, that was off camera. That was like yes. that kiss you're yes. saying off camera. I'm like, wait, yes. was it Seth and Summer? But or the first it? time he kissed me on screen, I think that was like the first time like, oh, is there something here? Right. But that can be confusing. You know, if you're doing a show or a movie and that happens, sometimes you get confused. Like, oh, do I really like feel this way? Am I feeling something or is it just? Is it true? I've heard from actors like you can tell a little bit if someone's more into you because there's like an appropriate way to kiss a co-star. <laughs> there's no tongue in television. Okay. 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 <laughs> if someone tongues you, you're going to be like, oh, Either like, oh, no, or like, oh, wait a minute. Oh, yes. No, I'm just kidding. Did you guys Never ever tongue. do tongue on camera? No, no, no. no. But then off no. camera. No. Okay, wait. So that's <laughs> really fun. And then do you have any advice for someone who is newly dating someone in their work environment? Oh, my God. Oh, advice. You know, <laughs> it sounds like I should probably be a pro with my track record. <laughs> um, I think that just be friends first because I think that'll help. Yeah. Because... Usually it ends sometimes. I, you know what? <laughs> I love you being realistic about it. Yeah. Like, we love, we love the realistic side. Oh of yeah. Things. I'm very real. Like yeah. to a fault. So. Yeah. <laughs> so when you're on set, was there ever an instance where dating someone you're working with, like, was there ever something that was like hard about that aspect? Um, when we broke up, like yeah. that's the harder, I don't, you know, and then we both dated other people on the show while we were together in real life. So sometimes you can be a little jealous. I mean, well, he was dated kissing people on the show for your characters or the you characters. Oh, sorry. I was like, wait, who no, did no, no. you date? Like he was like kissing Olivia Wilde. And like, of course I'm going to be like, well, fuck, you know, but I also get it. Like, can I kiss her? Like was that when you guys broke up? No, we were together. We were together okay. while that was happening. That would be a hard one. That's a hard one, Olivia right? Olivia Wilde walks in. Her yeah. You're like. And, and so cool. Up. And okay. she's the coolest person in real so, life, too. So you're like, well, I love her. Right, <laughs> and you're right. like, wait a minute. Your boyfriend's kissing her. And then it can be confusing. Yeah. It's just that kind of stuff. But that's normal. So how long did you guys date for? I think like three years. Three and, was and a that, half years. And was that three seasons? Yeah. We and dated pretty much the whole show. It was such a huge show that blew up. Right. And everyone was obsessed with you guys, like the four people that were like the main kids on the show. Yeah. And to have you being able to have a relationship with someone, to be your rock and your go-to person while like your life is kind of changing before your oh, eyes. Oh, for sure. That's a, I'm sure like a bond you guys will always have in like a yeah, cool Yeah, yeah. And even reconnecting with him, I spoke to him. He came on the OC podcast. Yeah, it was great. I love seeing him. Anytime I see him, nothing but fond, like... Loving feelings and great memories. So fun. Yes. Okay, your character. You were so lovable. I'm wondering how was your personal, like, real life Rachel Bilson <laughs> high school experience oh, God. compared to the OC? <laughs> oh, man. Um, school for me, <laughs> I wasn't so much like an academic, <laughs> I would say. I just, it just didn't interest me. It's not like I couldn't do it. If I sat down and really studied and focused, I could do it. But my interests were like all over the place. And growing up in LA, I think I grew up a little young. Like at 15, my friends and I, and Olivia who's here with me, like we'd be getting into the clubs, like, totally. do, you know, that's just what life um, is like. That sounds like Summer Roberts. I mean, a little bit, <laughs> a little bit. I still remember uh -oh. exactly <laughs> what I was wearing, where I was, the time of day, who I was with. For the season three finale. Oh, uh, geez. Like, 
I just got the chills. <laughs> I've never, and I still have not recovered from it. I haven't. I don't. I mean, spoil alert. You know who hasn't? Marissa. To anyone that hasn't watched the show, pause and go watch it, please. Spoil alert: the main character dies. Yep. Tragically. Tra- like the most tragic. Like fuck you, Volchuk. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but he was so hot. Oh my god. He was so hot. Olivia was dated my- him. Sorry. Wait, you've dated him? <laughs> oh my god. Absolutely. As you should. We have someone in the audience and. God bless you. Because I had his like poster, this guy, uh, Cam Gajande. Is yeah. that how you say his name? I don't know. Gajande? Yeah. Okay. Well, I was obsessed with him. Anyways, yeah. Marissa dies. Yep. Misha Barton's character. Yes. Yep. What was your reaction when you learned that Misha's character was getting pulled off the show? It was very traumatic. Everyone felt it. It was, it was so somber on set and you really, because you're a family and it is like a family member is leaving or dying and it was brutal. Um, I mean, still, I can picture it in my mind and it's, it's just, it was traumatizing. Yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I don't remember like behind the scenes really like the last time she was on set or yeah. anything like that, but it was definitely a dark time. Did you talk to Misha about her decision to leave the show? I don't think I ever had a personal mm. conversation. Like, why are you leaving? I think it was a joint decision. Mm. I don't think it was like. Her decision, like, I'm going to leave, or Josh and Stephanie's decision to be like, we're, we're getting, you know, you're, you're being killed off because whatever. You know, I, I don't know what really happened behind the scenes as far as, like, who made the actual decision. I think that Josh felt like a lot of her storylines had run through. Mm-hmm. I mean, what else could you put the girl through? Totally. She literally, like, overdoses, shoots someone. You know, I mean, every possible storyline was done with that character you're right it, and it didn't seem fitting for her to like go I think it was like she was gonna go work on her dad's boat or something it I was mean, like that's not Marissa's not going to work on a boat no. like absolutely not like no. she's going to fashion week <laughs> right um how did the cast dynamic change for season four towards the end I started to work on something else at the same time mm-hmm. simultaneously so I was so distracted that I wasn't really in it all the time presently so yeah. I wasn't feeling all the things and you had broken up with Adam at the time Towards the end. end. Okay. Yes. So I guess it kind of felt probably like time to move on. Like by season four. Yeah. Especially like working on another project and it was a film feeling like, okay, like let's, this next is step. ending. Like what's happening? What's totally. next? Okay. We're moving on. Okay. <laughs> we are both the daughters of therapists, but in your case, <laughs> you were raised by a sex therapist yeah so my mom's always like I'm not a sex therapist I'm more like a sex counselor and whatever the woman will talk about sex to your blue in the face like as a daughter like I know your mom's a therapist yeah yeah, so, yeah yeah but just like really coming with it no problem I'm like I remember going on the Wendy Williams show and I think I used cunnilingus and they like blurred it like they had to bleep it out I'm like is that a bad word like what did I say you know because my mom's always like cunnilingus and you know like all the proper terms and right and you're like, that's what I grew up around. I'm like, uh, isn't that what it's called? Oh, sorry. Eating, eating me out. Like right. what? You know, <laughs> I'm like, was that, would that have been better, Wendy? I totally get it. I, that's, I think fascinating where when you grow up, usually you're hiding everything from your parents. You're like, I don't oh, even yeah. want them to know. Oh. And to be raised by a sex counselor or therapist, <laughs> how do you think having your mom have that profession impact the way you handled relationships growing up? 
you know, it was always like a very open household, like Mm -hmm. nudity, like all of it, you know, so feeling like really comfortable in your skin, which was great. And talking about it all, like the night I lost my virginity, I was very young. Um, And my mom the next day sitting me down being like, let's talk about sex. I'm like, how did you fucking know? Like, how do you know these things? Like, you know, it was just like that. All she's the time. like, Rachel, you're glowing, sweetie. Yeah, I she's know. She's like, honey, there was like a weird crunchy <laughs> towel in the bathroom. <laughs> like, no, that real? no, that's not real. Not real. Condoms like, only. No, I was like very young. Okay. Um, okay, so you so did you then tell your mom in that conversation you lost your virginity? Yeah, I was like, Yeah, mom, I did it. She's like, How was it? I'm like, it was very quick and like whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, who is like I had the best my sex first my time. Life. No, like, you don't enjoy it. No, you don't even know what your vagina is supposed to. No, feel you like. don't enjoy it. Like I didn't really enjoy sex until I was like much older. You know, and I, I respect you for saying that because I think a lot of women. I've said a lot of, on my podcast. It's really. It's almost like you feel shame if you don't experience an orgasm or you're not oh. enjoying it right away. And so there's like this it's the weird worst thing. thing. Yeah. And then women don't want to say they're not. Cause like I had a lot of teammates. I was on a soccer team in college and everyone would just be talking about like, Oh my God, like I had the best sex last night. And meanwhile, I'm like out of these 12 girls talking, there's no fucking way. Every single one of them just had an orgasm. No, last there's night. no way. There's no there's way. No way. Like, so it's like yeah. you lie about it almost because you're embarrassed and you want to like fit in for sure. And you're like, what's wrong with me? But I love that you're normalizing like, hey, I didn't no. enjoy sex till later. I've always been brutally honest. I've never faked an orgasm. Like I'm not that person to lie to put on airs or whatever it is. It. Like it's it. like, no, I no, never faking it. Uh, no, I can't do it. It took a very long time for me to be able to. And I think it's important. To, why would you lie? What is the best sex advice that your mother has given you mm. aka give it to us <laughs> aka share it with us Rachel oh god I'm trying to think I mean she's always very into like relaxing like to the point where your first gyno you know your gyno appointment like envision your vagina opening up like a flower and take breaths and like I'm like all right I'll try it like here comes the rose like you know what I mean but it's helpful because it makes it so relaxed and just even having those visuals which is like super weird to some people can be really helpful you know I was like 13 the first time I went and you're young like it's hard to do that oh my god you're so in your head and that's the thing about orgasms too like you're so in your head and if you have that pressure or whatever it's never gonna happen never ever And it's so, but it's so hard. And I just want to normalize that it is hard. And like, you're not alone if you're listening and you haven't had an orgasm. Absolutely. You are not alone. No, you're not alone. I feel like in the past, I know I have definitely faked an orgasm. I know friends that have. Women have that I've spoken to. I think that there's an, there's two parts. Number one, and maybe if I was in college and I was like, I'm never having an orgasm. I'm going to fucking fake it so it can be over, which I know is so bad. And I don't oh, no, do no. that anymore. There's, but well, there's it, another yes. way to get them to finish. Like you say the right things. You're like, okay, let's keep Absolutely. This <laughs> here we go. Oh my God. Oh, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Harder. Boom. <laughs> here we go. And then I think the other part is like, there's also some times where I know like I'm having such incredible sex, mm-hmm. but I just know that I'm not going to get there. Right. And so I'm going to fake it because I genuinely like, you know what? I had great sex, but I'm just going to fake it at the end because Cause like I, he probably is going to keep going cause he thinks I'm haven't finished yet. And right. I know he can finish. So just go ahead. And right. Just like, do what it. do you do though? To like, if a guy's like, have you finished like the pressure? Like, how do you tell guys basically like, no, I didn't finish. You know what? I am so honest. I can have great sex. It's hard for me to orgasm, but after all, it's like, oh my God, like, you know, that was great or whatever you want to say. Like it felt so good. And it's, it's hard for me to orgasm it has nothing to do with you. Like, Obviously, I think we can get there. Or sometimes if you can't, you don't say those things. But 
<laughs> but if it feels good, you want to give them props. Obviously, the phenomenon of like porn and guys being yeah. obsessed with uh-huh. trying to like get a girl to squirt and like get a girl to like come. Yeah. They try so hard mm-hmm. and they're almost have you ever had a guy be so focused on trying to give you an orgasm? Like, how do you go about that? Basically being like, like tapping his head, being like, like okay, it's calm down. Happen. Right. Like, what do you do? Yeah. I just pull them up. You pull them up. Oh yeah. You like, it's up. just not. Yeah. You know? And I think a lot of guys, if they know what they're doing, they can tell if it's not going to go that way, you know? And I think that comes a lot with experience and age, like mm-hmm. with a younger dude, they might not really know, mm-hmm. you know, but a guy who's been, doing it for a while he gets to him. they know what's up I agree I think sometimes ladies if you're listening and you're struggling with that like that's such good advice of like sometimes you literally don't need to say anything like no. I've done that so many times where I'm like okay like come fuck me like right just pull them up and yeah, like for sure let's go and yeah, then yeah, they'll yeah. be like oh okay and it's yeah. it'll just move yes. on yes yes okay have you ever been in a relationship where your partner had different sex drives than you and how did you guys handle that for sure. You know, that's an example of getting in your head because mm-hmm. I have been in one where like or maybe I haven't been as interested after a while in having sex with the person and in my head. I'm like, OK, I had sex today. If I wait two or three days, OK, maybe I can do it again on Thursday and then he'll be OK, you know, but then you're in your head and then you're like, oh, fuck. And, and I had that for a while, like even after a relationship being stuck in that and overthinking like we had sex today. OK, when do I have to have it again to, you know. That is the most relatable thing just to pause you right there. I can't imagine how many women are like, me too, Rachel. (laughs) What the fuck do you do to like combat that? Right. It's yeah, it's 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 so tough, right? Because battling your head and your body because they're totally different things. And even if I want to have sex, my head could be like, no, I don't really want to. And then you're stuck in that pattern of like, okay, I'm going to calculate this. Do you feel like when that happened to you with that partner? Cause I hear what you're saying like that, that specific, it felt like you're kind of like, I'm not sure if I'm in this anymore. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. Did it go on for a while? Did you end it? Did you find any like remedy for it? Yeah, it was probably like the last year and a half Mm -hmm. of doing a pattern until Mm -hmm. it finally broke off, Yeah, you know, and just sticking to that and being like, cause I'm a very, I'm a people pleaser that carries over into relationships. But I feel like, I feel like in those moments, I feel like that's a good red flag for yourself to know like, Hey, Henry. No, I'm letting, he needs his space. There he goes. Oh my God. Thank you. I think in those (laughs) moments, what I would say to women is number one, it may be a good red flag for you to be like, Hey, maybe I'm not as into this person as I thought. Yeah. Like listen to what's going on. Also, I would say I've sometimes had moments where I'm just like, out of it with my sex drive and it's not my partner and so sometimes like maybe finding time for yourself to masturbate or maybe which is way easier like if you need an orgasm it's so much easier and quicker yourself Mm -hmm. because you know your body so well and then I feel like sometimes for me and I don't know if you feel the same but like sometimes then when I do that like maybe I'll be a little bit more horny that day and then like I'm like oh I kind of would want to have sex tonight like right so just making sure just checking in with yourself is really what it is about and it's really not about your partner yeah it can be either there Mm -hmm. is a difference totally sure and I've been in both how do you approach bringing a toy into the bedroom for the first time with a partner okay so I have very little experience with this I didn't even have a vibrator until a few years ago, like I was gifted one from a guy I was dating. I was like, fuck yeah. Like, okay. that's awesome. Like, okay, okay he's totally open. Right. And that I feel like that shows a guy with awareness. Right. Totally. And I had I've only used one with that person. Uh, and I haven't really brought it back s- since. But I would like to. Did you like using it with your partner? 
I did, except there was like one thing we were doing and it like really hurt. Like it was not the oh, right. Okay. Yep, <laughs> I was yep. like, maybe this isn't the right way to be doing this. But I think it can be totally fun and it should be more accepted. And I know there are guys out there that would feel like their ego hurt. Like, oh, why do you need this? Like, I can give you this. It's like, no, no your, but your tongue can't buzz like that. No, like it doesn't actually vibrate. <laughs> but like just having guys that are aware and are like, oh, this is going to help her. And then they actually are about you being pleasured as well, Absolutely. I think is awesome. Have you used it alone eventually without oh, yeah, your partner? yeah, for sure. And I think they're great. And I feel like I actually, it's funny, I was gifted one as well back in college. Like your first one? Yes. <laughs> I was literally using a toothbrush at the time. It was an electric <laughs> toothbrush the back of the head. Hey, you know. <laughs> and my friend Lauren was like, I went through a breakup and she was like, Alex come with me I'm like where are we going and she brought me to a sex shop and she was like we need to get you a vibrator because stop using your toothbrush I'm like I don't brush my teeth with it please let me clarify right but I think it was a it was a cute moment because then afterwards like I definitely enjoyed time alone with myself and I enjoyed time with my partner more but I agree like you have to find the right one for sex right and I think you're right. It takes a certain partner, someone that's confident in themselves mm-hmm. and wants to make sure that they're pleasing you. Mm-hmm. If maybe even if your partner was like, oh, Rachel has mentioned, like sometimes it's hard for her to orgasm. Like, let me think outside the box because I want right. her to enjoy sex as much as I'm enjoying it. Like, let's get her a vibrator. I think that's someone that's really confident in themselves and yeah, the relationship absolutely. and wants you to enjoy yourself. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Daddy gang, what are your plans for the summer? I want to probably sign up for a couple excursions with Matt's, really put myself out there, do something I don't usually do. But when you want something, you got to just go for it. And that applies when you're hiring for your business. ZipRecruiter can help you snag the most talented people before the competition scoops them up. And luckily, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. Got your eye on a rock star candidate. ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. Once you review ZipRecruiter's list of most qualified candidates for your job, you can easily invite your top choices to apply to encourage them to apply sooner. So amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter, Daddy Gang, and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy to try it for free right now. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash daddy. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This episode is brought to you by Rocket Money. Something that really grinds my gears is I somehow will find myself just subscribing to things, right? And then all of a sudden I see I have been paying the subscription service and I don't even use it because I just forgot to cancel it. Rocket Money can help you cancel a subscription that would otherwise be more time consuming and also you probably forgot about. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending and helps lower your bills so you can grow your savings. With Rocket Money, I can see all of my subscriptions in one place. And if I see anything I don't want, Rocket Money can help me cancel it with a few taps. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash 
daddy. That's rocketmoney.com slash daddy. Rocketmoney.com slash daddy. This episode is brought to you by new Garnier Fructis hair filler with vitamin C G. Many things can damage your hair like heat styling and bleaching, but the all new Garnier Fructis hair filler systems can reverse up to one year of damage to your hair smoothness in just one use, giving you up to 79% stronger hair and up to four times less breakage. And all Garnier products are approved by Cruelty Free International under the Leaping Bunny program. New Garnier Fructis hair filler, pre-shampoo, shampoo, conditioner, and serum are available now on Amazon and at Walmart, Target, Ulta, drug, and select grocery stores. Learn more at GarnierUSA.com. You recently mentioned that your breakup with actor Bill Hader was worse than childbirth. Okay, I did not actually say that. I'm happy you brought that up. Woo! Let's clarify. (laughs) I said, okay, Mm -hmm. obviously he and I were not still together, so we broke up, but um, it was during, you know, a time where you could not leave your house, okay? You had to sit in whatever it was that you were going through. Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with this. I had to deal with being alone and taking care of my kid and like everything else. And I'm like being isolated and not being able to connect with any humans, not being able to help myself. Like I got into a depression, like all of these things, that time having to be forced to face all of your shit I said was harder than childbirth. Is anything more painful? Fuck no. Maybe kidney stones, which definitely is a close second, but like. (laughs) No, I didn't say that, you right. know. All breakups are hard. Of course. You know, of Espe- course. like especially when you are in something that you're really into and things happen, totally. you know, and fucking things change and, uh, you know, there was a pandemic. <laughs> like there were so many things going totally. on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it was a hard time. I cannot imagine. I think I know a lot of people messaged me going through breakups and pandemics. I mean, people were going through so much in the pandemic, whether right. it was almost like a breakup within yourself of self-realizing For something. Sure. There was a lot. Yeah. And so I completely understand what yeah. you're saying no, with regard to that. Think about it. And the first thing you want to do like after a breakup is like get out there mm-hmm. and, you know, socialize and be out with your friends and like, you're, you know, do your thing and you literally can only sit in a house with your child that you're taking care of you can't even take care of yourself first you know and just sit with life and everything that comes along with it totally so it's just like about being isolated and going through the pandemic with all the things in life when you broke up because it was a pandemic, was it like a phone call? Like, did you even get to see this person in person when you guys broke up? It was not. Yeah, it was not in person. Ugh. Yeah. Well, because, you know, in the beginning when you're so isolated and you're so scared because you don't know, like you're like, oh, my God, I looked at someone like, am I going to die? Um, and, you know, he has his own family he has to think about. I had my own family to think about. And like, obviously, Briar's dad, like, you know, it was like our bubble. Mm-hmm. So like, we're not going to see anyone. He's not going to see anyone. So it was definitely done and not like your normal, like in-person way. What helped you ultimately heal from the pain of that heartbreak with Bill? You know what was so interesting? Having It was almost like a blessing in disguise. So having to be alone with all of the shit and your thoughts and not leave the house, like I had to look at everything and I'm yeah. like, okay, I w- I've been in therapy for years which I love. love, big fan, 
big advocate. Huge, huge. <laughs> um, and like do therapy, like write if that helps you. Like I was reading books. I was doing things that I, I never had time to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it gave me that time to just really do things for myself. Like, yes, I'm looking after my kid, but there was obviously shared time. So I would have time absolutely alone, alone, alone. Yeah. And I got to do the things that I always wanted to do and it really helped me. And it was like, oh, I'm focusing just on me. And yeah. it's not about the guy or, you know, the relationship. It's literally just about me as a human. I was happy that I was forced to sit in mm-hmm. like, the pain or the the hurt or you know all the feelings that come along yeah with it because I got to get through it some people will hold on to that for years yeah. like because they'll distract themselves totally so you don't actually face those feelings you're feeling I mean can if we can talk about that a little bit because I think yeah. a lot of people can relate to that topic of like kind of knowing something maybe isn't right mm-hmm. but and again being in a pandemic like how did you or I don't know if it was your decision, but come to that decision of like, I'm, this is going to end, even if it's a pandemic, like how did you get to that point to end it or whoever ended it? I think it was the stress of the situation in the world that Mm -hmm. led to it. Um, No one knew how to be Mm -hmm. or react, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think it was just a result of that alone, the stress of it all. Oh, really? Yeah. Because do you think if the pandemic hadn't happened, maybe... I mean, I would think it probably would have went on maybe a little longer, longer, but then in retrospect, looking at it, you're like, obviously it would have ended because it did, you know, (laughs) like it's not, but maybe almost ended faster. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of like a good way to look at like a positive because I think a lot of times like we get deeper into it and more time goes by, but Mm -hmm. ultimately it's not the one. Right. So it was, like I said, blessing in disguise in many ways. Have you through relationships now like when you think of the one mm-hmm. and like what your wants are how have you found that through what you've gone through with your past relationships well, in I think your that's mind everything and I think people yeah. and as you get older you know I'm 40 years old you go through all these experiences and you're like oh I'm taking things from each thing right so there's always a positive because it's like I recognize something in this relationship that did not work for me So the next time I need this and I've gotten to a place now where I know exactly what I want, what I need. And for the first time, I'm not afraid to say it. Can you give us an example of something from any relationship you've ever been in that you're like, this is something I know personally for me that just like doesn't work for me in a relationship. Hmm. And then also a need. Like someone controlling is never good. Never. You know, never. And I, like I said, people pleasing, I was definitely weaker and I could like be subjected to that and be like, okay, like, yeah, I'll just do whatever he says. And that's a pattern with me in a lot of the relationships I've had. So that's something like huge that I'm like, no, I need to make my decisions and I need to stick to what I know and be strong. Like the strength in me would always be a lot weaker in relationships when I was younger. And now being older, I know exactly like how to speak up for myself I should say have you gotten to a point though where like you can recognize when it's happening yes and then know how to get out of it <laughs> yeah I mean it's one of those things because when you're in something and you don't see it but then you get out of it it's so clear yeah that now that you can recognize it because you've acknowledged that you can recognize it anytime it comes up you're like oh no he's doing this thing yep I'm not okay with it what is a need? What are you like these? This is something I definitely need in a partner. I need someone make me coffee in the morning. Like, fuck. Yes. Thank you. Honestly, I crave just like on top of me missionary, like some dudes that like aren't down with that. I need a man on top of me sometimes. You know what I mean? And like, that's another thing sexually. I'm like, yes, like own it. 
I need to feel it. Like, like Carrie says in sex, I need to feel the weight of a man on top of me. It's like, I can so relate to that. Guys, if anyone's listening, Rachel needs coffee and missionary. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's doable. <laughs> Are you currently single? I am not. Okay. Okay. Is he bringing you coffee in the morning and Fuck is he yeah. doing missionary? Fuck yeah. <laughs> that's actually great yeah. okay great is there anything that you look back and you're like there's a theme throughout people you've dated a theme mm. I do I have noticed this isn't this is a generalization right I think I've dated quite a few actors and I do think that some of them not all have very like self-involved tendencies mm-hmm. um and I think that just kind of comes along with the territory a lot of the time right I'm not saying all of them that I've dated have them but it is a theme um, and I don't like it. <laughs> Do you think you would ever stray from the actor? Oh yeah, for sure. Really? I always tell myself like never again. And then of course, of you know, course. you're another project, another person. Um, but no, you know, and I will say, you know, with respect for my daughter's father, of course. he is not like that. I get what you're saying of like it you don't want to fall into that tendency and then you're on a movie set is it hard when you're um single and on sets to like not get involved in that kind of stuff well for sure because think about it any workplace you're in you're surrounded by the people Mm -hmm. you're around them every day Mm -hmm. and you'll meet different personalities and sometimes you'll really have chemistry with someone it doesn't matter where you are yes it's a set but it's literally someone you're spending mostly 12 hours a day with So you're going to get to know these people better than you would get to know someone you're just casually dating in the beginning because it's literally. That's why I feel like a lot of people do get into like workplace relationships. I'm not encouraging it, everyone. (laughs) But like any job you're at, if you work in sales, real estate, it it doesn't have to be entertainment. And you are with that person all day, every day. And it starts as a friendship right it starts as you're cordial you're going to get to the coffee together you're going to craft services together and you're then talking about your life and all of a sudden that blossoms into like oh yeah maybe you could be no though it could always end of course and if it's gonna potentially always end be friends be friends (laughs) and like protect yourself and like make decisions of like before you jump in I think some people that have maybe like I think actors are lucky because it's like then you're off to your next project right it's like summer camp a lot of the time yes yes Yes. and if you're in a nine-to-five suite heart that's not summer camp that <laughs> yeah. is all day round baby so make sure you're gonna be cozy if he's in the cubicle and like a couple weeks later you guys break up yeah for sure because that's difficult way difficult okay you get very personal on your pod has it been cathartic to talk about your personal life on your podcast it has like I'm still a very private person like I won't like name names or you know but I want we wanted to create a space that and you know what before we started, I listened to your first Call Her Daddy, and I was like, Oh, my first Call Her Daddy podcast? Yes. Oh. The fact that you were so just transparent and, like, didn't give a fuck. Like, you said – you know what I mean? The it was just – texted me, and I said, I want you to degrade me. Yes. I, oh, my God. That's awful. God bless. Whatever. I remember that, recording that to this day. You do? Oh, oh my God. <laughs> I remember going in there and just being like, I'm just going to say everything that happened this week. Right. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd never listened to a podcast in my life before I recorded right. that. I think my voice was so affected, so fake. I was like, hi, guys. This is Alex. <laughs> like – 
I can't oh listen back, so it pains. Well, like, I get it. It's like watching your first project. You're like, oh my god, like what is that? Yeah. I get it. But that being said, just the very like transparency and just Thank being you. super honest and open, I fucking loved. You Thank know. You. And so my best friend Olivia and I were like, we want to create a safe space where women or even men, you know, we have men coming on now, just being open and honest and getting into it and not afraid to speak whatever's on their mind. Like, obviously we go there about sex, but we, it's life, right? And we're moms and it's, it's a whole different thing and it's a different phase of life, but it feels really good to have our own platform to do that. I love that. And I think that, listen, I have had some (laughs) where I come up with fake names for people and then people still find it out. So don't do that. (laughs) If you're private, Rachel, I'll give you that tip. Don't come up with like, oh, this one's door number three and this is Slim Shady and don't do that. (laughs) But when you talk about the themes of what you're going through, Mm -hmm. that is relatable because we all can relate in some capacity. We're all human beings going through depression, anxiety, happiness, stress sadness like hard times with your romantic with your family with your friends and so I think like it's cool to have anyone sit down in front of a microphone and be open like I think everyone can appreciate that I would hope so and I think it's accessible and people like kind of crave that authenticity yeah and I think for me it's like okay I can speak personally about my own experiences Mm -hmm. but I don't want to like bring other people in that don't have a mic in front of them and can't either defend or share their side that is the catch 22 of it all, sweetie. <laughs> and I'm still trying to figure it out. I know, right? You got to like push the boundary, but For it's sure. also like respecting, I get it, respecting people in your life. Absolutely. I think I read you don't introduce your child to people you date. I've learned yeah. from, you know, mistakes in the past that you don't want to do it too quickly. Yeah. But luckily, you know, she's only seven now and she was a lot younger before and whatnot. So it probably didn't resonate as much as it would now per se. Um, but yeah, I think that's super important because I don't want it to look like some revolving door or yeah. you know, I don't know how it's going to affect her. And she's number one for me. Like totally hands down before work, before men, before anything. Um, And so I don't take that lightly. Have you had a lot of people that are respectful of that? Yeah, I've only had positive experiences, luckily. But also that speaks to like me knowing what I need and want now. So I'm not going to entertain anything if they don't understand the kid comes first. And I think that's great. And it's also like, ladies, be fucking confident. Like you did the most incredible thing in the world, which is bring a human being onto this earth. And like if someone is not going to be positive and accepting of however you want to handle the boundaries tell them to Bye-bye. go back themselves <laughs> and find someone better for sure and a lot of women have those insecurities I think absolutely Being moms or whatever age you are at that point yeah. and just thinking like oh are guys gonna want it? it's like oh fuck that yeah you know totally being a public figure most of your life is there anything that you would like to share that you think maybe is like a misconception about you or people maybe think about you that you're like oh I would like to like clarify and kind of just say my piece on that god you know I feel like I've been fortunate enough to have mostly a positive response and I think you know I love that it's important to me like how I carry myself setting an example whatever but I'm super fucking crass and like have a dirty sense of humor and I'm not afraid to show it and I think it'll come through on broad ideas like the new podcast um but I feel very fortunate like I feel like I've gone through this time of my life where I've been you know working or whatever um in a decent way where I can be proud that my daughter will see how I carried myself what do you attribute that to because I think a lot of people are like fuck like this shit like I got me fucked up by being in the public whether it was maybe they didn't come from the best family to give them values or whether no that's yeah like what do you think you why you just end up having such a good like straight and narrow path of there's not a lot of drama around you I think that 
the support system you have around you is huge. Mm-hmm. All my best friends are my best friends since high school and before and junior high. Never strayed from that. I don't make new friends often. <laughs> um, and my family. I have a very supportive family. Um, and I grew up that way and a loving, mo- open mom, clearly. Um, and I think that is such a big part of it. And people around you that know you so well, they can just, if you have a moment, you're like, no, 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 no. Like, get the fuck back down here. What are you doing? And I have that, and we trust that. And it's like the friends like, no, you can't borrow my new dress. Like, it's that comfortability <laughs> right. of like, I haven't worn it yet, you know? <laughs> yeah, you can be real with you each other. You can be other. real. <laughs> totally. No, I, I really respect you saying that, and I feel like it's really cool to get to sit down with you because we respect your work so much, and so now it's cool to be able to, like, sit with Rachel Bilson and, and talk with you and get You're to know so you. Too. I'm such a fan of yours. I was like, oh, my God, I get to sit. Like, it Thank was just you. such a Thank cool you. thing. No, and this I think was great. This is so beautiful what you're doing. I love it. And it inspired me to, you know, just be able to go there. Like you gave me the confidence. It's like you can be who the fuck you are and say what the fuck you want and still be a successful woman in this world. And it's awesome. Rachel, thank you so much for coming on Caller Daddy. This episode is brought to you by DoorDash. Want $0 delivery fees? Try DashPass by DoorDash. Daddy gang, I love being home. I love to be cozy, comfortable, laying on the couch. I can't tell you how many times I need something, but I am too lazy to get up and get out of the house. And sometimes I need food or groceries, you name it. Dash Pass gets it delivered right to my door and yours too. It is only $9.99 a month. So I think it's a really good deal, Daddy Gang. So get $0 delivery fees on eligible orders with Dash Pass and new members get a 30-day free trial. Terms apply. Sign up today.